CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Anne de Aragon and Sarah Kunar on our show today. Anne is the Vice President and Country Manager for GoDaddy Canada, the company that empowers everyday entrepreneurs. In this role, she is responsible for all GoDaddy operations in Canada, leading the charge on business strategy and growth. Throughout her tenure at GoDaddy, she has worked closely with Canadian small businesses to understand their needs to help them reap the benefits of having an online presence. Anne has also been a driving force behind GoDaddy's partnership with the Toronto Raptors, resulting in some of the most successful branding campaigns in the company's history. This past year, she spearheaded the Don't Stop Being Unstoppable campaign, highlighting real Canadian small business owners and Olympian Andre DeGrasse. Prior to joining GoDaddy, Anne held a range of senior marketing and sales roles at Microsoft, where she worked directly with small and medium-sized businesses to drive revenue. Anne is now dedicated to helping other young professionals and women entrepreneurs discover their passions through regular speaking engagements and mentorship opportunities. Sarah Kunar is the president and founder of Platform Media and Management, Canada's leading influencer talent agency based in Toronto. Platform is home to Canada's top creator talent across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Platform's team helps to broker partnerships on behalf of the creators with the world's leading brands, executing on average 300 brand spots every month. Sarah is also the host of Platform's virtual social media workshops, helping creators, marketers, and businesses make the best use of their social media platforms, teaching participants how to achieve organic growth, and monetizing their posts through meaningful content. Welcome to the show, Anne and Sarah. Thank you so much, Kayla. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Really excited to chat with you today. Fabulous. So let's dive right in. Take us on your career journeys. How did you both end up in the entrepreneurial space, uh, really working to amplify different creators and their ventures? Sarah, let's kick things off with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went to journalism school and I graduated in 2009, which was the uh, recession, (laughs) as we remember it. And so I got a really great gig as an editor at a magazine, Um, but in my peripheral vision, I could see peers and uh, publications closing every month. We would get an announcement that this publication closed or this, you know, person got laid off. So I was sort of in a position where I was very nervous. (laughs) So what I realized was it all was based on advertising. Without advertisers coming to magazines, we really didn't have jobs. So... I took it upon myself, even though it was not my role at all, um, to start working with the sales team to come up with more ideas that we could present to advertisers uh, through our content. So uh, one of the ideas was bloggers were becoming a big thing. And I have to remember this is, you know, 10, (laughs) 10, 12 years ago. So uh, bloggers were um, a big thing at that time. And I thought, you know, we should get some bloggers together. Um, We'll create this uh, panel of reviewers and we'll have, you know, brands give us their products and the bloggers will review them and and we'll put them on the website. And this this was all new ideas uh, 10 years ago, kind of creating digital versions of print articles and incorporating people outside of the magazine who are building, you know, followings on YouTube or, you know, through their blogs. And so I started to make friends with influencers. They weren't called influencers then, but I started to kind of build a reputation in that area. And a lot of um, creators at that time knew that I was kind of the go-to person if you wanted to get paid (laughs) because bloggers weren't really getting paid for anything back then. But if you worked with the magazine, you could get paid to review something for the magazine. So I ended up making great relationships with brands um, while presenting them these, you know, new advertising ideas, great relationships with the influencers, getting them, you know, their first ever brand partnerships. And then the joke was always that I should, you know, start an agency or I should be someone's manager. And I started hearing that so much that at some point I said, okay, Canada probably needs an agency that represents, you know, blogger or influencer talent. Um, and I started to think about it and, you know, I, I sat on the idea for actually a couple of years and, and then at some point I just said, okay, this needs to happen. Um, and so I started platform media and management with six, uh, creators at that time, it was mostly just YouTubers and Instagram and bloggers. And, uh, now today we have, uh, 45 influencers across pretty much all platforms, as you mentioned. And as you said, we're doing about 300 branded posts a month with the world's leading brands. And it's just been like a really exciting um, time. Five years ago when I started Platform, I had no idea the power um, influencers would have in the last few years. Um, So, I mean, I got lucky, I think, (laughs) but I'm glad that I took um, the leap and really, you know, followed my passion and uh, happy to have, you know, done that and got to where I am now. Fabulous. What an evolution, Sarah. So, so interesting. And let's pass it over to you. Yeah, I think I came at um, the business of entrepreneurship a slightly different way. And growing up was surrounded by entrepreneurs. My father owned a business. You know, my uncles and aunts and cousins have all been 
entrepreneurs and started businesses. So I always had that, like I'm sure many Canadians have always had people in my life and around me um, who were entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's funny because I ended up working um, for a big corporation. And for a while, I was focused on enterprise level, you know, customers and was fine. But at a certain point, um, I transferred over to the small and mid-market division of the company. And that's really what started to feel like home for me. I really got into um, understanding the needs of small business owners. Just the, I found everything about it interesting, the psychographic profiles, just the way small businesses did things um, differently. And from there, I really wanted to um, continue to hone in on that. And so having moved over uh, in the past six years to start working for GoDaddy, it is a company that empowers everyday entrepreneurs. And for me, you know, being on this side of it, being able to provide the tools and services and support to help small business grow um, is really fulfilling uh, in terms of what our company's mission is and sort of mapping to my own personal values about how I like to see um, Canadian entrepreneurs and small business grow. Amazing. I'm definitely with you there, Anne. <laughs> definitely aligned on that uh, that mandate. Um, so obviously, you know, the last couple of months and with COVID, we have seen many small businesses um, forced online or entering online. And I think it's definitely fair to say that an online presence is an invaluable business asset, uh, whether we are in the midst of a global pandemic or not. Uh, so Anne, walk us through the importance uh, of going online at a time like this or in general. Where, where are you seeing businesses um, thriving in the online space? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it certainly is thriving. You're exactly right. And when I started at GoDaddy six years ago, we saw about 40%, 42% of Canadian small business had a website. Um, now that's well over 50%. But even still, um, I, you know, I would encourage everyone to have an online presence. Um, you know, a lot of businesses start today using social media. I think that's an absolutely uh, great and terrific place to start. But there are advantages of also having your own website or your own online store. And, you know, there's products like GoDaddy. There's other products out there. Makes it really easy to, um, to get going with a website. So you can... Um, you know, put your information out there. You can, all the stuff that maybe you don't want necessarily filling up your social feed, like your hours of operation, your location, your prices, your customer testimonials, um, samples of your work. There's a lot of things that you want to curate um, as an experience for your customers to be able to, to really see and learn about your business. And certainly um, what we saw a lot more of, obviously, due to the pandemic, is people turning to online sales, online appointment bookings. So so having a, a very solid online presence doesn't just mean one thing. It means multiple things. But I would generally say website is a really great place to start and then build from there. You can manage your social profiles from your website. You can manage your um you know, um, sales from your website. There's a lot that you can consolidate uh, uh, with a website, a strong website as a base. So for me, that would be sort of the best place for a small business to, to be. And we've certainly seen, um, again, more people gravitating to that uh, uh, during the last 18 months. 
Mm, yeah, let's pull on that string a little bit more because I think many of our listeners are in the infancy of building their businesses. They're very early stage. So how should listeners go about even launching a website? What considerations should founders be making as they begin that process? Sarah, let's start with you, um, maybe bringing in some, some of your perspectives and considerations prior to launching your own website. Absolutely. Um, for us, um, there was about three things that we were really looking at. Number one um, was, you know, with influencer marketing blowing up, a lot of marketers out there want to get started, but they don't know who to contact or where to go. And so we wanted to make sure that our SEO would be really strong. So we were searchable. <laughs> so when someone wanted to type in, you know, influence, how do I hire an influencer in Toronto? You know, they could find us. Um, so the number one thing would be to be searchable. Um, the other thing is we really pride ourselves on having very high quality creators and visuals is really big with us. Um, the reason why we've done so well is brands can really rely on our creators to make content that is suitable for, you know, beyond social, whether that's in a commercial or a billboard. And so we wanted to really show that we create beautiful content. So having a very like high-end visually appealing design to our website was really important so we wanted to find a platform that would allow us to create something beautiful and then the other thing um you know especially during the the pen pandemic um we used to hold workshops in person at our office but it just wasn't going to be a possibility so i had switched to doing them online and of course i was promoting them on social media but you have to purchase make a purchase to attend our webinar and so having a shop with a checkout uh, so people could opt into whichever webinar date they wanted to go to um, and sign up for it that really helped us too because we needed sort of a place to do that but um you know, recently we experienced uh, an Instagram outage and uh, a lot of people were talking about the importance of having a website because um, if you're only communicating via these social media platforms, if, you know, they do have an outage or something happens, you don't know how to contact people or how to find their information. Having a website is such an important place to have like all like all your contact information. So, you know, just, uh, you know, as she was saying, you want to have you know, your social platforms on there, any information, your contact information so that people can find you if, you know, there's an Instagram outage or something changes. So I think um, having sort of that home base for us was really what we were looking for. Amazing. That I think is very, very helpful perspective, Sarah. And any other considerations that founders should be looking at when they're looking to launch a website? Yeah, I would say for sure. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the perfect thing designed and ready to go it's um just get something up and i would say that is like the biggest um thrill is when you actually hit that publish button it can be a little scary it's like putting your baby out into the world but keep in mind that you can if you've made a spelling mistake or if you want to change something you just change it and republish it it's really really easy so it's great to get something out there um you know we did a survey a couple of years ago and we said to people like you know what what are the inhibitors of actually starting your own website? And they said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not technical and it can take a really long time to build and it's probably really expensive. And it's really not these days. I mean, if this is a perception that, you know, may have carried over from 
from uh, you know years ago where where those things might have been true. Those things aren't true today. And um, again, with a, a platform like GoDaddy, you've got professionally designed templates, so beautiful pictures, layouts, you know, a lot of um, already pre-written text, just to give you an idea of the kinds of things that you can say in certain sections of your website. And you know, there's there's thousands and tens of thousands of, of different um, high quality images that you can choose from. So if you don't have all of your things ready, if you don't have all your photographs, or you don't have all your copy written, or you you know don't have your logo, you can still get a really beautiful website up um, very quickly. And you know, in in many brands, our brand included, you can start for free. You can get it up there, start it, try it out, see how it goes, and then if you like that and find it's working for you, you can convert over to a paid plan and have that out there. But it's really low risk to um, to get something started. And, you know, it's it's actually really fun to build a website and to sort of get it out in the world. And, you know, it's designed to make it look good on a desktop or a tablet or a, or a mobile device. So you don't have to worry about um, it looking good across different form factors. It's going to look amazing. So I would just say, go out and give it a try. It's uh, It's well worth it. That's often the most popular piece of advice we get on the Startup Women podcast is just start, just go for it. So the same applies to to building a website. So digging a little bit deeper um, into search engine optimization, that's something, Sarah, you were bringing up earlier. Um, and you know, launching a website is one component, but actually optimizing it is another. Uh, and there are so many different areas to consider. Can you both walk us through some of the must-haves of a modern website? So you've built the website structure, uh, whether that's payment processing systems you're adding, cybersecurity solutions, or something else entirely. Uh, what else should you be considering around optimizing? Anne, let's start with you. Oh, yeah, this is a great question. Um, and I will leave some room for Sarah to add on. So I'll mention just a couple of things. Um, Sarah did bring up uh, search engine optimization or SEO earlier. That's a key one. So if you want to get found, I mean, I think something like 80% of people start looking for a product or a service with an online search. Go to Google, type in the category or the thing that they're looking for. So you want to be on you know, that first page. You want to um, have your, your website sort of um, come up very early in the search because people, once they scroll past a page or two of search results, will probably uh, choose someone. So you want to be there. Um, so the best thing to do is start by researching your keywords. So something like uh, Google Keyword Planner can help you uh, know what your customers are looking for, and then you can use that knowledge to deliver what they need on your page. Um, the other thing, and Sarah did bring this up before as well, is to create great content for your website or blog. So if you use um, like useful, current, and relevant, interesting content, that will help you rank higher in Google and you need to frequently re refresh that. Because you've already researched some of those keywords, you can put those in your content and just sort of use them in a natural context. Uh, and that also does help you. Um, I talked earlier about having a website that looks great on mobile and that's really important because Google's been emphasizing the importance of having a mobile friendly website. Um, and they do something called mobile first indexing. So your site really does need to look great on mobile. Um, and then maybe just a couple other tips and tricks for um, getting good search engine optimization would be reviews and testimonials. So the more online visibility your business has, the more traffic um, your site will generate. So these are some other important things. Sarah talked a lot about already uh, influencers, and those can really help as well drive 
um, drive people to your site. So, so these are just some of the things that you should keep in mind when doing search engine optimization. And another thing I'll mention uh, just quickly is speed. So you want to have a page that loads quickly. Uh, and there are ways that you can optimize uh, page speed load time. Uh, and so you can look into that. But, you know, I think if people don't get a site up within about two and a half seconds, they'll bounce. So just make sure that your um, that your site is fast. And those would be maybe my top two tips for um, website optimization. Fabulous. And Sarah, anything to add? No, to add to the speed, for sure. I remember when we were uh, creating the page where we wanted to show our roster. So we have like I mentioned before, about 45 influencers. So we had 45 pictures of people and all their links to all their socials. And obviously that page is not gonna load quickly, but the tools that were provided by GoDaddy made it really easy for us to optimize. So we kind of reduced the resolution of the images so that that page is like, will rapidly load. People can see all the talent that we have immediately make their choices and so it's not like they're sitting there <laughs> for 10 minutes waiting to see okay who and you know they only get through a's and and uh, and then they give up so we wanted to make sure that was really easy for people to see the talent that we have um and then of course having you know the contact us page i think was probably you know the most important thing um for us so you know when people are googling um how to hire influencers in canada or, or any of that we have two um contact us pages so one is for brands who are looking to hire influencers and the other is for influencers who are looking for management so we we created those two and every day you know we've got um a whole stack of uh of emails from the contact us page and that's really brought in a ton of business for us um so we we that sort of the, been the biggest benefit of having a website. Um, and then of course, as I mentioned before, um, being able to really like create a shop in an hour, that was um, really helpful for us and something that we can continue to grow as we uh, sort of, you know, our company grows. A lot of things that we wanted to do is um, provide, you know, we people, you know, other influencers that we can't um, represent because we only have so much space with tools that they can use um, to help run their businesses, like offering media kit templates for purchase or, you know, different things like that to help people beyond just what we're able to, to do. And it's funny, actually, um, both me and my co-founder, we both uh, actually in um, school when we were trying to make money on the side, we actually were website developers. <laughs> that was our sort of side gig. Um, so when we, you know, first designed our website for platform five years ago, you know, we had to kind of pull our sleeves up and do, you know, a bit of coding here and there. But this time when we did the update, we were like ready to pull our sleeves up, ready to get, you know, in there. And we were like, oh, this is so easy. What the heck? <laughs> Everything's changed. <laughs> we, we barely had to do anything. We're like, okay, literally anyone can do this. It took us like way little time. I remember working on it for weeks before and I think we were done within a day and then took two days to kind of refine it. So it was really easy and uh, all the tools were there. So all the little things that we had to do before, um, we definitely didn't have to do this time. Yeah, and Sarah's right, like modern website builders are just so much different. Um, and then I'll just add another couple things that I think are important too, like security. Anyone can be hacked. I think some people think, oh, I'm too small. I won't get hacked. But it is a possibility. So you want to make sure you've got good website security. 
because it's, um, you know, there's just crawlers out there looking for vulnerabilities. And so you don't want to be part of that. So security is really important. And then just um, a couple other elements of modern uh, websites, online store, obviously, it's a huge thing if you have services or goods to sell. And, um, you know, a good website product will allow you to manage inventory, manage shipping options, payments, you know, accept all kinds of payments, everything from PayPal and Square and Stripe to, you know, there's there's different options for their, their customers. And then um, uh, another big one would be the integration of marketplaces. So again, with certain websites like GoDaddy, you can also sell across Amazon and eBay. Um, so all these modern integrations, um, also through social, you know, it's all kind of coming into products now. So as you start your website, I don't necessarily think you need to think about everything on day one. It's best to get just something going. But over time, there are a lot of different elements that you can consider in terms of how to um, make your website even better, more modern, more integrated, you know, use the built-in dashboards to show you things like where your traffic is coming from, um, how they're behaving on your site. So there's just so many things built in. And rather than, you know, feeling overwhelmed by all this, people can start again, start slow. You can, again, with someone like GoDaddy, we've got 24-7 phone support, 365 days a year. You can call one of the GoDaddy support guides and they'll just walk you through it. Like there's no obligation. There's no sales pitch. It's just really there to help. So there's, again, a lot of elements of a modern website, but um, hopefully people will you know, be able to, to start slow, start easy, and then build from there. Amazing. And one common thread that I'm hearing in both of your responses is this idea of also saving time, that this is, you know, such an important part of the entrepreneurial journey. What are the initial investments you can make in your business that will ultimately save you some some time in the long run? Um, and, and I want to point particular attention to one of the recent surveys that GoDaddy recently conducted that found that women founders are spending significant overtime hours Um on average, between 1.5 hours or more per day as compared to their male counterparts. Um, and this is one element that I think many wouldn't consider when launching a website, that it can be this huge time saver for their teams and make things so much more efficient. Um, that, and you know that's very important, particularly to our audience of women entrepreneurs. Um, and can you speak to to this a little bit and the work that GoDaddy is doing, um, you know, with other support organizations to better understand these efficiencies, uh, these client journeys, and various needs to save time for for women entrepreneurs? Yeah, we do partner with uh, Revolution Her here in Canada, formerly Mompreneur. A great organization. They just did their conference last week. They did a virtual conference uh, uh, over three days last week, uh, including awards and amazing speakers and stuff. And we've been with that organization for many years now because we do um, feel a special affinity. In fact, GoDaddy Canada is entirely made up of a team of women. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, we do feel an affinity, especially for women entrepreneurs wanting to help them. And, you know, a lot of times I'll see women starting up a little slower, a little smaller, um, but I also think that there's some longevity in that, you know, they're not taking on too much too soon and too fast and they're building, um, methodically over time. And, and I think that's a really good thing. And, uh, we've certainly seen even in the past year, um, the pandemic, we've seen a huge influx of women entrepreneurs starting up businesses. Uh, in fact, it's now outpacing male started businesses in certain provinces mm -hmm. in Canada. Yeah, so it's it's a very exciting <laughs> time. And so we'll start leaning in and even doing more um, targeting women. And we, we're certainly working with women like Sarah and we're, you know, other women across Canada 
to help showcase and shine a light on um, these amazing businesses being built by uh, women. And um, that's something that we will, you know, really continue to uh, to lean into and support as we go forward into um, our next fiscal year. Amazing. That's so great to hear. And Sarah, any other tips on uh, the time saving and the investments that women entrepreneurs can make um, for, for really the longevity of their businesses to Anne's point? I, I don't know if this is on topic, but for me, it was like in the beginning, I had to do everything myself. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a woman thing, um, but like I, I could not delegate for the life of me. And so like I had to design the website. I had to do this. I had to do that. Um, and I like could not take the grip off everything. And so I think for me, it was, you know, hiring other incredible women <laughs> to come and help me and uh, building a team of people where we could be capable all together and not just me doing everything. And when I talk to other, um, you know, women entrepreneurs, that's something that, you know, they're always asking me, like, at what point do I hire? At what point do I grow? And I'm like, when you're at the point where you feel burnt out, <laughs> that's, that's the point. Um, so yeah, you know, I, throughout my entire career, what I noticed is sort of when my male colleagues walked into a room and had an idea, they were kind of believed right away. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Okay, do it. Whereas when I would walk in a room with an idea, they needed proof. <laughs> so that extra, what you're saying, you know, women work an extra hour and a half, um, that was usually time preparing proof for me. Like I can show you, I can do this. And so I got really good at being very capable of doing everything on my own. And so the biggest lesson I've learned along the way is to sort of let go a little bit um, and then let other people help me. So again, because I have a developer background, really easy for me to be like, okay, well, I'll also do the website. But when you're running a business <laughs> with as much stuff we have going on, I can't always do everything. So knowing that my executive assistant can easily pop on um, GoDaddy and fix a, you know, a link here or do that and doesn't need to have the background I have um, makes me feel <laughs> greatly at ease and uh, and uh, helps me a lot. So that's a good reminder. You can't be all things to all people as, as you are both starting and scaling a company that, you know, there are many supports that exist uh, in the entrepreneur support space. You know, colleagues um, asking for that help can really make or break, um, you know, your mental health as you are, you know, taking on a very demanding role as an emerging entrepreneur. So I think that's great advice, Sarah. So switching gears a little bit to the world of marketing, Sarah, I'm keen on picking your brain a little bit in this space um, and looking at influencer marketing. And to your point in your intro, things have changed a lot in the last decade here. Uh, and so Sarah, being at the helm of Canada's leading influencer talent agency, why do you think that this form of marketing has taken off the way that it has? Um, is this something that startups and listeners within the Startup Women Network um, can access? Or is this space you know, really predominantly occupied for bigger players and large companies? I think in the last six months, we've seen uh, startups go from, you know, something nobody's ever heard about to like extremely high in demand because of a TikTok video. <laughs> so I think that like, anyone can take advantage of influencer marketing. And, you know, if you don't have a budget, it could be just sending, you know, your product, asking a few influencers, hey, can I mail you my product to try out? And hey, if they've got a ton of followers and mention this 
um, on their social media, you could blow up. So I think not utilizing influencer marketing um, is definitely a no-no. You want to do it. (laughs) Um, All eyes are on social media right now, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when we were all home and we were like refreshing our feed every five seconds for any kind of news or update or what are people doing when we're all like can't be together. Um, we found that at that point, people were engaging with um, our, our social media ads more than ever. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've bought a lot of things <laughs> that I've seen on TikTok <laughs> or Instagram or YouTube. Like, I'll be sitting there scrolling and and get, you know, influenced all the time. And it's not always just from an influencer. It could be from a friend, a colleague who posted something they really love. So I think, you know, ensuring you have that social media pre- um, presence and whether, you know, now we're seeing brands become influencers by having really great social media accounts um, and uh, and definitely TikTok uh, taking off the most right now. But I think um, it's something that people want to consider in their marketing plans and it's accessible for everybody. We have creators with 10,000 followers on our roster and creators with a million. So there's a price point for anyone if you're looking into those paid partnerships. Um, and you know we see that the return on investment is 11 times higher than a traditional ad. Um, and when I say wow. traditional ad, I mean um, like a like a like a Facebook ad from the brand itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's an influencer doing the ad, I think people feel like they relate to them more. So if it's the brand saying, "Hey, buy our product," people are like, "Okay, like obviously you want me to buy your product." <laughs> but if it's someone else saying, "I tried this, I really enjoyed it." you know, you should give it a try, you have 11 times um, higher chance of someone clicking through. Even if it says, you know, hashtag ad or paid partnership, I think this generation is so used to seeing that. um, They're not put off by it. Um, A lot of marketers say, well, if it says they're getting, you know, it's a paid partnership, will people trust it? Mm. It's just like we grew up watching commercials during TV shows. Like we're used to it. It's part of our life. We're used to seeing ads all the time. Um, So even if an influencer is posting a paid ad, um, people are still paying attention and uh, and being influenced. (laughs) So, um, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw um, a lot of people shift to, you know, promoting e-commerce because obviously people weren't going into the stores and influencers really helped to drive that. And another thing was, you know, production pretty much stalled on commercials, on, Mm. you know, photo shoots or you know, for magazines or billboards or whatever it was, how they marketed before even events. And so the people who were still able to create beautiful content were influencers because they were doing it in the comfort of their own homes. So they, you know, became the production crew. <laughs> so it really um, is a very interesting space to, to do more research in and to consider if you are a startup. So interesting. The moment of the influencer. I love seeing, you know, the shift during COVID during in particular um, that, yeah, they're, they're their own production teams running from home seamlessly that they were uniquely set up um, compared to these larger players. So fascinating. Um, and I would love your thoughts. You know, you are a seasoned pro in the influencer marketing space, having run, you know, these massive campaigns with the Toronto Raptors, with Olympians. Um, you know, if you were able to provide founders with one piece of advice for p- putting together a successful campaign, and bumping online brand visibility, what would it be from your perspective? It's a great question. And obviously, you know, I'm dealing with different budgets and a lot of people are. um, But I would say the one thing that that we really do is we strive for authenticity. 
And so we put real people in our commercials and the one that we're running right now with Andre DeGrasse, you'll see um, Lisa and Stephanie and John, and these are three GoDaddy customers. And so instead of going out and looking for great businesses and saying, let's build them a GoDaddy website and put them in our commercial. No, we go out and we say, who's already been using a GoDaddy website for a long time and seems really happy with the product. And then we find them and then we pull them into the commercial. So we really try and be authentic and, and bring people that truly love our brand and love our product um, to the forefront and use them to showcase the brand for others. So authenticity, I think, can happen at any level, right? No matter what your budget, you can be authentic. The second thing is, you know, at GoDaddy, we have a ton of products. We have hosting and security and email and websites and domains and there's so many things but we really hone in on one thing and right now uh, for the past several years we've honed in on the fact that building a website with GoDaddy is easy and you can start for free. So all the advertising that you'll see will resonate around this theme. Sometimes we do ads for hosting and sometimes we do them for domains and other products but those would generally be more targeted through digital medium. In our broad reach campaign we're, we're very much focused on the one simple um, truth of GoDaddy, which is you can start uh, start for free and build a beautiful website. Um, and then the third thing is um, just kind of bringing all your channels together. So we, you know, we will use the same creative across TV, out of home, online video, digital display, social. So you're not getting confusing messages. And then when you land on godaddy.ca, you're seeing a big picture of Andre DeGrasse. Everything's tying back together. So rather than sort of bifurcating our campaigns and doing a bit of this and a bit of that, uh, we are sort of putting everything under one umbrella. And to Sarah's point, we are working again with a lot of influencers and depending on um, the audience, like right now, in addition to seeing a huge influx of women, we're seeing a huge influx of 18 to 24 year olds coming into GoDaddy. And so, you know, you know, how do we talk to youth in a, in a specially different way? So we do have pockets of things that we that are not related to the broader campaign that we're driving. But in general, I would say those are kind of three things to do. So be authentic, have one simple truth in mind, and then kind of keep all of your your assets and your marketing in a similar, you know, sort of brand looking uh, uh, vein. And that will really help. I love that. And particularly around the one simple truth, uh, this is such an important piece of feedback in pitching your business, in positioning who you are as a company, even beyond the website or, you know, these these different elements we've been talking about today. Um, being able to describe your business in simple terms is an incredible, uh, you know, moment that many entrepreneurs aren't able to do. So I think that's actually a really simple piece of feedback to give to our listeners um, to always come back to that simple truth. Why are you here? What are you doing? Um, and that authenticity piece um, sort of layered in is, is a really fantastic piece of feedback. I echo everything you've just said, Anne. <laughs> so what is one final takeaway from today's conversation? We've covered a lot of ground here um, that, uh, that you both think that our listeners could implement into their businesses immediately. Sarah, let's kick things off with you. I want to expand on uh, the last question and I'll use this kind of in my last thing, but um, I think in marketing too, just storytelling is super important. And I think about the GoDaddy Toronto Raptors ads and they stick in my brain because there's such a good story in each of them that like makes you laugh. It's cute. 
Um, and it goes to influencer marketing too. You know, when a brand says buy this product for these reasons, you're like, okay, it doesn't really stick in your mind. But when you hear a story or someone's personal experience, the next time you're out shopping, you remember that little anecdote. And I think storytelling is such an important part of marketing because we that's how we remember people through stories. So um, really thinking about when with your brand, what's the story you're telling um, is really helpful when you're marketing or using other people's stories to help show how your your product is really seamlessly weaved into their life. Um, so that's from a marketing standpoint. But uh, what to implement in your in your business right away and all echo and is to just get out there. The very first thing we did uh, was build the website, and I think it was just almost like building our brand Bible. It's like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is the quality you can expect um, from us. And so that was the first thing we did right away. And then we started our social channels and everything else. But it was kind of that like home base of who we are, um, sort of like our online media kit, our online resume. Um, but getting it out there and, and, and like Anne was saying, you know, the first one, you know, was very simple and then it got bigger and better as, as it went on. But, uh, that's super important, um, just to make sure a people can find you, <laughs> um, even if it's a, you know, a few words on a, on a, on a one pager and with your phone number, you know, that's a good enough start. Amazing. And final thoughts. Yeah, I think I just echo everything Sarah said and, um, you know, uh, if you're just, it, it, I guess it depends. If you're in the startup phase, um, you know, talk to trusted people. You could even, you know, as I said, you could phone GoDaddy and ask them, like, how do I get started? What should I do? How, what are some good steps to take? Because they talk to, I mean, we talk to millions and millions of people every year. Um, they've heard it all. They have good advice. So that might be something that you could do or other trusted advisors in your life. But if you're thinking of starting that business um, or you're kind of in it and looking to expand, then I would definitely take some of the things that we've talked about today. Uh, certainly around the website and sort of building a really amazing website, SEO optimization speed and, you know, adding in all the bells and whistles. Um, but again, it's a progression. It's not necessarily something you have to do right away. So again, just echoing what we've talked about already, just take that first step, get started, put it out there. And I think you'll be really happy when you do that. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you so much, Sarah, for such practical advice here. Um, I think our listeners have some really fantastic takeaways from today's conversation. Thanks again for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.